It's time to welcome the remaining members of the cast. If you would like to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm uh, I'm Rob. Uh, I'm one of the remainders, and uh, I played uh, Kenneth, Joyce's husband, and I also played uh, Reg of the Regency, music hall host, and Bert, one of the Valley Boys. Hello, I am Gareth. I played George, and also played Eric Fothergill, the other of the Valley Boys duo. Hello, I'm Stephanie Hull, and I played Grace. Uh, Rob, you had quite a challenging role in that you're, at, at the end of the, the, the play, your character's revealed to have been a figment of Joyce's imagination. You know, how do you find balancing the presentation of, of Kenneth as a, as a sort of unreal character who can't, talk, t- can't touch props and can't make contact with your, your fellow actors but while also not giving away the surprise ending. And did, it, did anyone guess that that was the twist? Well, I don't know whether anybody guessed that there was, uh, there was going to be a twist, but um, I'm old enough to remember a TV programme, Randall and Hopkirk Deceased, where one of the, uh, one of the characters is uh, his daddy appears in a white suit and, the, and he appears uh, to talk to his, uh, his former colleague in, in real life as a, as a ghost. So I suppose I had that a little bit in mind, playing, playing Kenneth, knowing that he was um, uh, effectively either a ghost or, uh, or uh, as, as you say, a figment of Joyce's imagination. But, um, but actually, it, was, it wasn't difficult to, to maintain the distance, not, not just because of COVID, but, um, but because one of the serious messages of the play actually is, uh, uh, it's not only this theme of, of does Joyce remember who she is herself, but also I think there's a strong sense of the sacrifice that somebody makes when they commit themselves totally to a, to a career. Um, and I think Kenneth, you know, the relationship between Kenneth and, uh, and Joyce was, um, for me, the backstory was they were quite, quite uh, spent a lot of time apart as husband and wife because of, because of Joyce's work and, uh, and a lot of the plays about that Kenneth is involved with is is uh, um, his how he's uh, seen in himself and uh, and until he suffered because of uh, because of Joyce's career and, and Joyce herself as well. So so it, so there was a sort of um, distance between between Kenneth and Joyce, and then of course there's a very uh, poignant sort of coming together uh, towards towards the uh, the end of the piece. Um, but that um, no, was. Uh, it was not uh, not not too bad really because um, uh, I did have a sense of um, you know am I a ghost am I a am I a flashback <laughs> um, <laughs> and so uh, yeah quite um, it, the piece is really well well written in that regard no directions about uh, you know tender moments or anything it's just uh, uh, Kenneth is is quite detached from Joyce and that's I think that's a key part of the the message really yeah distance certainly being a bit of a theme yeah yeah and gareth um playing george he's a he's an interesting character because there seems to be an awful lot that's unsaid about the reason he comes to see joyce in her dressing room i mean what were your initial thoughts when you when you read the script and you know what did you find most interesting about playing playing george 
I mean, I think the most interesting thing about a character like George is sometimes when you read through a script, you read through it and you're immediately thinking, you immediately just understand the character and then you're thinking about, okay, so how do I play this and this moment's about this, so how do I represent that? How am I going to move to do that? But when you've got a character like George and you finish reading what's there on the script, it's really interesting when you start asking questions like, so hang on, what does this character actually want and you sort of look at lines of dialogue and you're instead of thinking well I know exactly what that means how do I perform it you're thinking okay how do I unravel this sentence why is he saying this at this point um and there's sort of with a scene you can look at it and think when does the character's point of view change when does he sort of realize he's probably not going to get or isn't getting what he wants from Joyce and how does he react to that because um, there's some really great key moments where you sort of realise Joyce has a completely different view um, in her mind of what went on um, to what George sort of saw and what his views of it is. But also you can tell that Joyce was there, did see everything that happened and sort of, you know, w was there just as much as he was. And although they don't want to talk about sort of some of the struggles, some of the stresses of of what's going on you can tell that they they recognize it um and i think that was particularly interesting when coming back to the live rehearsals and then doing the scene with erica for the first time because so much is unsaid um when you have over something like you know zoom you don't get that same looks um but that first time we did our scene where we're live opposite each other and you can look into the face of the other actor and see them reacting to what you're saying, and then see how you suddenly react when you're live looking at them, you start to understand the interplay between the two characters a lot more. So that was fascinating. Yeah, it's fabulous and interesting experience coming back into things and changing. Uh, Steph, can you tell us what you enjoyed most about your character? I mean, we, we get a sense of Grace's career struggles during her first scene, but did you imagine a sort of wider backstory for her? And, and of course, you were the last person on stage at the very, very end of the play. You know, how did you find performing that last scene? What I enjoyed most about Grace was how, with every question, she was becoming more and more interested in Joyce's life. I felt she arrived with not very much knowledge about this person and so really became intrigued listening to Joyce and her story. I actually didn't really think too much into Grace's backstory and that is because I felt she is very much a character that is in the present. Uh, there are moments that you see it is a struggle for her career-wise as a woman, um, but she is quick to gloss over it and focus on the job and to do good work. So yes, I did think about how much um, of a struggle it is for her for those little moments, but... Mostly I focused on her present as that was what I felt from bringing her off the page. The last scene was actually quite emotionally difficult to do, especially when it came to the shows and hearing Katie's panicked cries, the pyros and then just silence. Um, from my own mindset, I thought, am I taking too long? Am I rushing it? And then from Grace's, I felt firstly very awkward in that I shouldn't be in the dressing room of somebody who has literally just died 
um, but also very emotional looking around at this life of this person I had only just met, but I really connected with and was so excited to work on this film with her and, and hear more. But then she was just gone. So question for everyone. How did you all find returning to in-person rehearsals and performances again? I mean, what's your abiding memory of the opening night? I would. I found it a bit odd, actually, coming back to rehearsals. Um, it, I mean, I don't. It's not really been that long between being in the theatre, really. I mean, I've I've had longer times than this between productions. I'm sure I have, but it just it felt. It did feel very odd and I felt very nervous, I think, the first couple of rehearsals that we had and very nervous on opening night as well. More nervous than I have been with other productions, I think. But there was, I don't, it was very, this one was unusual, I think, because we had quite a sense of family almost because there wasn't, we couldn't socialise because of COVID. You couldn't, you know, go for a drink to the pub after rehearsals or hang around or anything like that. But because we were all in it together and because it was such a weird situation, it did feel very much like a family. It did feel like everyone was quite close and we were all kind of in it together. And um, yeah, so I just remember opening night and sort of everybody feeling very safe in that kind of environment, but also feeling terrified at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I never knew. What, yeah. I was scared? Yeah, for me it was actually, I found it I found it uh, the opposite in terms of uh, nerves. I mean, I, I think uh, certainly it was a, it was a, a close, uh, a close knit cast. It was great to be back. And, um, but I think um, in terms, and everybody's on their own journey, of course. And in terms of uh, the performance, the opening night, I just, uh, I, 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 I didn't feel nervous at all. I just thought it was absolutely great to be back in front of an audience again and having some something that was going to be like normal life again. For us, anyway, on stage, I mean, for the audience, it, it was a bit odd because they were sitting taped off from each other or whatever, you know, segregated in the audience. But um, I just thought it was great to be to be back on stage again. But the, the funniest, my funniest memory of the the rehearsals, though, or, or, or maybe it was maybe it was the opening night. I think it must have been the dress rehearsal. It was when the first time that Erica, you took off your mask, and and <laughs> it was really weird because I, <laughs> I realised that that's just my face. The, sorry. Yeah, the, yeah. The, you weren't used to being the emoted. Bottom, at, the bottom like half of Erica's face was not was what moving. it was like in my memory, and it was really strange. <laughs> and I, I thought this is really bizarre, and. <laughs> Had you been thinking a lot about the bottom half of Erica's face? <laughs> really, really weird. And I suppose it's because we hadn't been mixing outside in the open and seeing each other face to face, just been going in, doing rehearsals with masks. And I wasn't wearing, I was using a visor, but everybody else was um, on stage wearing masks. And actually, that was just really strange, actually seeing your face uh, again and it being slightly different from how I remembered it. But uh, for me, sorry, I have that effect on a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, the rehearsing with um, it's just not the same with um, with with masks on. You know, it's just really difficult to interact with other humans um, normally Mm -hmm. when they're wearing when they're wearing a mask. Uh, In in terms of emotionally interacting with them and understanding how how they're being, it's very difficult. 
Yeah. I mean, I found it um, really interesting being back in front of a live audience just because it was the first time in a long time you'd got that immediate feedback. Because um, one thing Unbound's been very good at is all throughout lockdown, we've put content out, but it's always by the nature of what you're doing, being that you get feedback afterwards, you get comments, you get kind of, oh, this many people viewed it or this many people liked it. But you don't get that thing of, as you're performing, you can see how the audience are reacting. You can sort of see whether they're sitting forward engaged. And you don't realise how much that does affect you as a performer, the fact that you can get that immediate feedback to it. So it was really interesting after a long time of you know doing stuff, but doing stuff that didn't have that immediate connection to the audience, to now be back and sort of you're riding the laughs where it's a laugh line, you're drawing on the emotion if you know they're really engaging with something emotional and you know having that back was really interesting it's a real stark difference for me because the week before i'd done a different production that was just live streamed and the and the, mm. the director said i said i don't know what this is going to feel like just playing to a a camera and she said oh don't worry it'd be fine you know it'd be fine it'll be i mean there will be people behind looking you know watching behind the camera but you know when we go out you have a real audience it's, it's a real it's a completely different completely different atmosphere entirely and uh, you really do feel that the audience uh, the presence i mean it's uh, very real even if it is just yawning or uh, or uh, or snoring <laughs> or, the, or the rustling of sweet wrappers or whatever <laughs> but of course it isn't in our case but uh... i mean i think i've found coming coming back for the the first sort of in person rehearsal I think it's 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 fairly fair to say that I fell apart completely. Um I was absolutely terrified. I was bricking it beforehand and then when we came when we came to actually that first day I was I was dreadful. I was most I was shockingly bad. Um every instinct, every line just evaporated from my head uh every instinct that i normally trust to be able to have on stage i remember there was a point where um robert and i it was one of our earlier scenes and, and dario just kind of called from the front like can you guys just turn and look at each other to talk to each other and and that instinct had gone that that because socially you were used to people side by side um mm. all of the audio work that I've been in doing you 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 you're working in front of a, a microphone and so the the most that you can do is on a live show is is turn your head about 45 degrees because you can't go off mic um and you're working side by side and then the live shows that we've done again you're working directly in front of a mic and you might just be able to glance up and, and look across the room so everything everything that that I I trusted in myself went and yeah it was it was it was horrible <laughs> it was really really horrible and i and then that scared me it threw me completely and poor dario had to kind of try and send me messages and, and, and coax me back up my shell um and everyone else katie and, and, and everybody else were really really lovely and you were all lovely and very very supportive and then it was a couple of other rehearsals and then i remember again it was a scene that i was doing with with rob and all of a sudden it just clicked back into place. And it was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I can do this. And from there, the in-person rehearsal, I just felt really, really comfortable. It was like, I knew the stage. I knew what I was doing. Everything was there. And it was like, hey, hey I'm, I'm back. 
And then when it came to the opening night, I was, again, terrified, but in a completely different and good way, because it was sort of like, we're back, we're here, we want to we want to show people what we can do, we want to welcome people back, this is, this is an amazing opportunity that we have, and this is such a wonderful script, and it's such a fantastic story, and the cast are so good, and we just want to be able to share that with you. And, and I remember I would, I would always leave because I was on the stage as the audience were, were, were coming in. So I would always leave about five or 10 minutes um, beforehand and I'd be on stage and I'd do a warm up and, and um, Stefan would run some of the sound cues for me and everything. And then the audience would start coming in and I would sit at the dressing table and I'd look at myself in the mirror and it would be, here we go. This is it. And that was, it was... That was lovely. It was so, so wonderful to be back on stage and it felt like coming home um, and it was absolutely wonderful. But yeah, that that first rehearsal was possibly the most terrifying and closest I've got to freezing completely with stage fright. Um, and it wasn't stage fright because I've seen people have stage fright before. It wasn't quite like that, but it was a very, very weird experience of suddenly not being able to trust myself at all um which i don't ever want to have to go through again but you know <laughs> with the fantastic support of everyone i got through it so thank you <laughs> well, that was unbelievable you just had such an amazing amount to learn i mean i think mm. you know I, I think i'm probably you know, speaking on behalf of the rest of the cast i mean you just had just so much to do and uh yeah. I, I i i just uh thought it was a normal uh a normal set of rehearsals, basically. I mean, anybody confronted with that many characters, that many voices, um, would would have really, you know, that was a. It's a really challenging part to play, and and uh, so I don't think you'd. Have, I don't think anybody would have struggled. Uh, would have struggled less, frankly. Erica. Oh, bless really, you. I don't. Thank you. Thank really, you. I don't. And you're the queen of the voices. You know, you really. Are. Oh, bless you. Checks yeah. in the post. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think my memory of rehearsals was um, a bit like Eric. There's, you have that moment where it all sort of clicks again. And I remember going into the first couple and because I'd been directing stuff over Zoom because we'd done all this uh, lockdown content and we'd been in the recording studio in Queen's Park doing audio stuff like Inspector Murder and Much Ado. And then you've find yourself back actually in a in a proper rehearsal room working through stuff on stage with actors having spent so long i mean like katie said it isn't actually that much time when you look at it in the grand scheme of things but it felt like an eternity mm. since we'd last been doing it and everything i did for through queen's park which is my job and unbound was about covid naturally but you spend every decision you make is about COVID mitigation, is about risk assessments, is about what's your contingency plan and your contingency contingency plan and your scheduling and rescheduling when different guidance comes out. And I spent so long just buried underneath all that. When you finally find yourself in a situation where obviously you are still thinking about COVID mitigation, that's always got to be there. But you're in a situation where it's a it's a modest cast. It's not a play that has a lot of COVID related problems. So actually, you can once it's set up, step away from it, and you sort of go, 
what what do I what do I do slightly? And I remember I think it was a second rehearsal. It a bit like Erica said, it just clicks and you go, oh yeah, that's I was a theatre director. That's what I was, and I I'll do that again. And it it kind of did feel a little bit. It's never quite normal because naturally the way you're rehearsing. But I remember being that moment of going, oh yeah, it's that thing. I remember that. I used to enjoy doing that. <laughs> it's back. Yeah, I think it was. It was when it was when that it was that. Um enjoyment and it was like that that feeling of familiarity just kind of comes flooding back um and you're not necessarily worrying about can I step here how close can I get I can't touch this but what do I need to do here how am I going to do this all of these other thoughts that are going round and round and round and you you do just start to trust yourself again and go no I can I can do this 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 feels comfortable this feels right this feels natural this is this is where I'm meant to be and this is what I'm doing right now yeah I found it very, very weird going back to in-person rehearsals. I was super excited and eager to get back in person and work opposite each other again. But when it came to it, I actually found it quite difficult. I think maybe because it has become the norm to do everything online, that finally being in the same room, I had kind of forgot how to socially function. <laughs> it was great, though, uh, once we got back into the swing of it. Though I was a little embarrassed during a dress run that was being filmed and I forgot to take off my mask. <laughs> I had it off backstage and then quickly popped it on when somebody walked past and just forgot that I had it on. Um, luckily, I didn't do that during the run, though. So... <laughs> right, musical chairs time again. Right, I'll be hosting the final part of the episode and we've got everybody with us for the last few questions. So, first question to everybody. What was your favourite memorable moment from the run at Queen's Park? The opening night um, um, at the very, very end, um, the, the curtain call where we got a spontaneous standing ovation from people who were just from an audience who were so appreciative and who were genuinely moved to be back and experiencing live mm -hmm. theatre. Um, it may have been it may have been a very small select crowd, but the emotional response just as looking out and seeing them applaud seeing the looks on their faces and then one person stand up and then other people stand up and then everyone was mm -hmm. on their feet was incredible because it was just such an overwhelming and spontaneous, genuine thank you for being there. And I think as an actor that was incredibly moving, uh, very, very privileged to be a part of that and to see and feel the genuine appreciation from people that, that theatre was back. And it was just overwhelming. I remember coming off and it was just utter elation. Um, yeah, beautiful. One of the best moments, I think, in my whole theatrical career that I will never, ever forget that moment, I don't think. I mean, I would say, weirdly, one of my uh, favourite moments was actually the um, the dress rehearsal um, because it was the first time in such a long time when you were able to just see a full-blown production with all, the, with all the lights, with all the costumes, with, you know, brilliant cast doing it. And I remember just sort of, you know, going sort of out, out near the front and just watching it being performed and just really loving to just see a great performance again, you know, fully on, 
on stage and then knowing that yeah there are people who are going to come to see this and it it's a really good thing for the you know for the theater to come back with so yeah that that was really emotional for me sort of seeing this is back and this is what it's going to look like in just a short amount of time mm. well i suppose my um, my memorable moments were all, were all about myself really uh, you know as obviously usual. obviously <laughs> carol i mean mine were all about you as well but i didn't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> i mean all our favorite moments obviously were about yeah yeah that's my next question my favorite your favorite rob moment but i thought it was uh, i mean i i always um i learned I seem to learn something from every every production I'm I'm in, you know, and uh, mm. and and I remember that I'll always remember this one. Erica teaching me how to find my spot, my spot, how to find my light when I was doing the um, Reg of the Regency um, spot. I realised that I'd never been in a production before. I've had a follow spot on me, but I I don't recall ever needing to walk and find find my spot so that was the thing that that was the thing I learned but I also it was so great working with Erica because uh, you're such a you're such a good actor Erica you know I mean I, oh, and, and the, you're not getting I, any more you've got the one check that's going <laughs> to and, and I just little just little bits of timing you know where um Kenneth when I when I come on and I join you at, at our wedding you know and and then sort of turn and just the timing of that uh um and then the and then there's a little moment of the with the when we can't remember which one of the nolan sisters it is oh yeah yeah and, yeah, we, yeah. and we just have a little bit of a the, the, the shared the shared it, kind of silent yeah. laugh between us yeah and it just you know it, for me it just lasted the right length of time each time you know it was just and just those little bits of timing which I love that in either comedy or in serious acting, when things just last the right length of time, or when the timing is just right. And, and there were just those two little moments in the in the production which I, you know, I remember as they were just special little acting moments for me. I just really enjoyed them. Dario, it all sort of passes in a bit of a blur, really. Um, and you're always as a as a director and producer, you're always slightly fixated on making sure you can just get to the end of the run <laughs> without any catastrophes um so um, like without someone blurting out carol at the wrong moment yeah does anyone want to elucidate on one for the benefit of the listeners this is a favorite rob moment again no well it certainly wasn't yeah. my favorite, favorite instead, of, instead of what about Tilly, i said what about carol i think i'd had too much cockney carol on my mind i think yeah you you didn't just yeah. say it. You you said it with four. Yeah, you yelled it. <laughs> you meant what about it. Carol? What about Carol? <laughs> <laughs> said with such conviction, the audience completely forgot yeah. you were suddenly very concerned about a fictional yes, exactly. character as opposed I'm, to your own I'm daughter. I'm pretty sure it was just us in the cast, especially myself and Erica, going, "Who's the bl- who's bloody Carol? <laughs> Why is he talking about her?" Now? I think I think that I think there may have been. I was on stage, and you know, I try to be professional all the time, but I, I swear, one of my eyebrows flickered at that one. <laughs> 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 Probably, yeah. I think Stefan looked up from his script. That was how, uh, that was how shocking it was. I, I, I don't know. I, again, it's one of the little things, the strange little moments. I remember going in for one of the performances. It would have been the second or third and opening up for the day and unlocking and Stefan coming in and gradually the actors coming in. And it's just that little, it's that little memory of 
oh yeah we really are back it's like sort of business as usual mm. i just remember really enjoying that kind of going oh we, you know how lucky we were and how fortunate we were that we were back um and so soon as well after got to whatever stage it was of restrictions lifting stage three i think um just feeling really fortunate that we were back in the theater doing doing the job again honestly it was just so amazing to be back and with such brilliant writing um i'd say the moments that stood out to me though was katie and i teaching gareth ballet backstage and dancing to a particular theme tune during the show <laughs> um and also doing the really emotional final scene and then stealing what i could on the way out <laughs> um once i even tried to take a mannequin with me <laughs> For me, I think well, it's a combination of two things. One is the fact that in the script, my character at one point decided to do some sewing. So I had to be on stage <laughs> sewing and I had about two lines to thread the needle before the lights then went in and they had a whole different scene at the front of the stage. And I don't think I threaded that needle once in the entire bloody run. So I had to mime sewing. And every night I was like, oh, that looks a bit better. So I got increasingly better at miming sewing to the point where on the last night, someone watched Ked, oh, I watched you to see if you were really sewing and you were, so it was fine. I was like, see, see, <laughs> see, no one will know. That's yeah, and new skill. Exactly. And obviously, country made biscuits. That is my abiding <laughs> memory of the performance. Getting my mum her favourite biscuits and having them there every night at the end of the desk for everyone to see. Yeah, anyone looking at the production photos or um, the rehearsal shots, you'll see a, a yellow canister mm. appears at various points, which is a, a forgotten brand of biscuits, which we use. Because oh, that was one of the weird things was getting 80s relevant props. How much did you pay for that an was, 80s carrier bag from Tesco? Uh, as far as uh, the budgeters were concerned, 70p. Excellent. Uh, as far as the truth seekers are concerned, it was five quid on eBay. <laughs> Um, oh my god but you know you should be paying a lot of money for plastic bags that's only fair yes uh, true. it shouldn't be cheap so quite right um but yeah we're trying to find all that stuff was quite quite difficult and yeah trying to find 80s biscuits i couldn't really find any packaging i think there was like a mr kipling box or something but it was it was in america and it would have cost us 20 quid for the import tax mm. so uh, we said no so the only kind of old looking biscuit packaging we could find was this uh this metal this metal tin which was country made biscuits from a manufacturer i think are now out of business but they were down in i think in devon or something but it um, had shortening so as that well, became was... shortening yes now with added yes. shortening was yes. the, uh, most important was the tagline uh, and that just became a sort of running gag really that the show was sponsored mm. by country made biscuits matt you and Lara came down from Bristol, or up from Bristol? Across from Bristol. From Bristol. <laughs> East. Over from, East Bristol. from Bristol. We travelled, right? As a surprise <laughs> to see the show. <laughs> um, what was your reaction on seeing the show on opening night after all that work? Well, the thing is, it wasn't just the work. It was a very long and dif difficult process, but... One thing that may not have, have come across was the fact that about four or five weeks prior to, to the opening night, I had completely done my back in. So actually for, you know, the, the, the final assembling of the whole thing was done with me lying on my back with a monitor over my bed. And, you know, we, 
I was absolutely not sure I'd even be able to make the trip. Yeah, it's a two-hour drive, mm. uh, let alone the paranoia of travelling and you know hotels and so on. So, I mean, when we eventually decided we could do it, we weren't going to, going to let anyone know. Um, just turn up and be in the audience for a change. We were so used to being involved and not let anyone know. Or, I mean, I suppose putting us at, as down as Ramsey's Niblick the Third. As, as the name we gave gave the box office. We may have given it away a look now. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, I'd spent the last few months really peering at the whole thing through a keyhole. You know, just mm. thinking about the cues, the music, the effects, the spreadsheet, getting everything in the right order. And I don't think I'd ever actually sat down and read the whole play from start to finish. Certainly not paying any attention. And so we got to the theatre and apart from seeing some people we knew we actually got to watch it all unfold and it was just amazing to see how it all just fit together it it all just became real on stage and it was surreal to be in a theatre again for a start but we're also watching a play about theatre it's everything that we love as people it's a great story and you know, from from my side, it was great to see how everything that I'd worked on and everything every everything came together into this world that Joyce was inhabiting on stage through all the different time periods. I mean, I I'll admit I knew that the final scene was an absolute belter because I'd written t- written it, um, but actually seeing it on stage with everything happening and everything going on. It was just it was just beautiful. I mean, it literally brought tears to my eyes. You know, Lara's comment was that it's quite probably the best thing that Unbound has ever done. And honestly, I agree with her 100%. Um, it's a very, very special piece of theatre and I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Oh, bless you. Dario, you, you kind of, you already touched on this already, but is there anything else that you wanted to say about how it felt to have the theatre open again? Uh, well, it was a relief, really, um, particularly because any arts venue uh, that's gone through COVID, it was never a foregone conclusion that we would reopen again. Um, every venue's had its fears and, and luckily Queen's Park has ridden out the storm. Um, so that was a big thing. And to be one of the first theatres reopening because we were able to, obviously huge theatres are still at the time of recording, getting back on their feet because it's only just now that they can 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 come back with full audiences and we were really lucky that we were in a position we could come back and and do something so quickly when it was allowed um i think more than that it it did feel a bit like coming full circle actually not just because it was marking a you know a big step towards unbound being back and drawing a line under a lot of our lockdown uh projects but it was also it was a bit like a bookend to the whole six and a half years that unbound had been running to that point i have to say um not least because the the set was filled with every prop and bit of costume we could find and there was something from every show hidden in there somewhere um but it it, it did have a sort of strange sense of deja vu it, the unbound sort of all started with erica and i working together on the play betrayal years ago in a freezing cold theater in a january a sunday in january um and then there we were you know years later working together again at this this sort of turning point really um, but this time we're there with a, a whole team who, who sort of represented how far Unbound had come in that time. You know, all of yourselves, 
Gareth, Katie, Rob, Steph, Matt and Stefan all joined Unbound at different points along its history. And so you kind of have, there was a bit of a sense of thinking, oh, it all, it all led to this, the whole, you know, the whole six and a half years. Um, you know, we found our way back and now we start again. And finally, a question for all of you. I'm going to go around alphabetically for now. So, favourite line or speech from the play? So, Dario, you're up first. Uh, it's it's probably the speech that gets repeated at the very end, where Joyce talks about um, what it means as a storyteller to make an audience laugh, um, what an honour is. Um, I never wanted to write something about COVID, um, and I live in a slight sense of dread about the deluge of plays and films and TV shows that are about to happen. We all do. About we all do. COVID. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the thought of that appalls me. But the speech does say something uh, quite heartfelt about being in front of an audience again after so long. Um, so that's probably my favourite. And apart from the show, I have to say, my um, having done 20 of these podcasts, my favourite anecdote. Uh, I've ever heard is Rob forgetting the bottom half of Erica's face. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's a keeper. It's I could a write a thousand comedy scripts. <laughs> I would never come up with that one, so. That's fantastic. Bravo, the weirdest, Rob. The weirdest memory problem ever. Yeah. And now, now to Erica with all of her face. What's your favourite line? <laughs> um, what about Carol? Um... <laughs> No, uh, I think um, if uh, similar to, to Dario in in the fact that the, the last speech um, is it was absolutely beautiful to to perform, and it sort of really really resonated with me. But I think one that that even sort of click, um, hit closer to home personally is the speech that I had um, to Steph's character Grace, where I'm talking about um, actors having a responsibility to their craft and to an audience and it's um people need us so we'd better show up and yeah it just sort of touched on lots of different things about my own sort of personal philosophy about theatre how I view my own career and 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 everything that I I feel and and, and love about theatre and and how I adore the work that I do and I I remember when I was when I was quite young, um, having a bit of a sort of uh, not 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 crisis, but I was having a lot of doubts about you know. I remember talking to someone and said, "Well, I, I'm not studying to be a doctor. I'm not studying to be a teacher. I'm not really going to be doing any sort of like great outreach stuff or anything. You know, I'm 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 going to be an actor." And and this person um, telling me and say, "But that is important." And um, Alec Guinness also said that ours is a noble craft and I've never forgotten that either and the importance and how that touches me personally of, of what theatre is capable of. And it's just in that, that one line of, you know, people need us and they do. And so I think that that's, I think I will always treasure that line and, and keep it close to my heart. Mr Johnson? Well, weirdly for me, that one of the lines that's one of my favourites is is not one that's that strong as a line itself, but it, it's what it represented in the the whole process for me, which was um one of George's lines where he just interrupts um Erica's or Joyce's um musings by just saying, "Will you talk about him in the show?" Where he's talking about his father, and it, 
the reason why I really have a strong memory of that line is because the first time we got back into live rehearsals and I was sort of looking, you know, for the first time live acting opposite Erica. And it was the way that you sort of reacted to that line and said everything in your face with sort of the, oh, that came out of nowhere. I'm slightly taken aback and now I'll gather myself. And it was just a reminder of how special it is to be live opposite actors that just gives me this really strong memory of that line and your your reaction to it, kind of bringing back the, oh, wow, reactions are a thing again. This is brilliant. So, yeah, just got a really strong memory of That's that line. That's because I have my whole face to react with as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, let, me, let me say it wasn't just the top of your face. This was masks off. This was bottom of face as well. <laughs> Matt, Matt, do you have a particular line or speech that you remember? You know, I, I wish I could say I remembered many lines from the play. Yeah, me um, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Matt's talking about it several months after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I have to say, until you've ever ever composed a soundtrack where you've got the same song that goes, goes over it th- three times in different organisations and arrangements... I will be singing after the ball until I'm dead. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It's, it's, a, it's a particularly, I know why it was, the, it was one of the very earlier, earliest sort of million selling pieces of sheet music that was a massive, massive hit. And I think given that I got to arrange it as a tear, tearjerker and then just drop it in right at the end with the big boom... Mm. Ending of it. La da 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 da. Shut up! No, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Months. I think I think you and I may have oh, similar dear. twitch reactions to that song now. <laughs> I remember Matt, you saying about the um the stage direction, the one that sort of appealed most about the. the oh big yeah, lot, I final. think there was that. It it was it was another one of those. Okay, so right at the at, at the very end there's a massive explosion that rips through the entire theatre and sets the chandeliers shaking and knocks over the furniture. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> but I think the other, the other thing I really, really love doing, and it's, it's a small thing, it's the throwing down of the big switch at the end that turns the lights off. Always wanted to do that, and I finally got a chance for that big shunk as the lights go off. Oh, fantastic. Rob, Mr. Mr. Half-Face, Carol's yelling <laughs> person. You're asking me what, what I remember. Yeah, I mean... Yes. Rob, yes. do you remember well, any you, of well, Do you remember you were in? <laughs> <laughs> well, as I think you said at the start of this podcast, Katie, that, um, you know, you get to bring... You bring a little bit of yourself to every character that you that you play. Mm. So, so now, for me, it's... Um, the. the <laughs> The line I think I'll always remember is um, is is obviously memory connected. Which one of the Nurlands was it? <laughs> <laughs> I did love that line because I, I really can sit there. You know, at, at my my time of life, I thoroughly identify with Kenneth's uh, slight memory memory problem. Oh, there were a large number of Nolan sisters, of course. I, mean, I, think was I did work with one of them once in Panto. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Can you remember which one it was? <laughs> I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I think it was Linda. Linda Nolan, I think it was. 
I think for, 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 my, for me, there's probably that there's just there's a, I like the scenes between yourselves, Rob and Erica, between your characters, like the little the little coupley moments. I think they're my favorite bit. There's one I just remember Erica threw a, a box of tissues at Rob. And it was just that moment where it's just like, oh, you've not been working on your aim. And just those little things. That's the bit I think that were my favorite lines, those little back and forth between you two. The little coupley moments. I remember that moment on the first opening night, and um, Rob, Rob, you said that line, and we got our first laugh, and it was like, mm. oh, they're there. There's an audience out there. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> hell! Someone's turned up. <laughs> they're, listen- they're listening and they're actually enjoying it. And again, that that was a lovely, lovely moment, and it, it was it was on that line, and we got we got our first sort of we got our first little laugh, and that was that was good. That brings us to the end of this episode. So thank you for your thoughts and memories. Thank you to everyone for listening in. For more episodes of Tell Great Stories and lots of other great audio and video content, head over to unboundtheatre.co.uk or look up Unbound Theatre on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or SoundCloud. This podcast was brought to you by the bottom half of Erica Sanderson's face. (laughs) (laughs) 